Hello everybody and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of week of March 1st through March 8th. I'm your host, Colin McIsaac, and as always, I'm joined by Alex Plant. Directly. And Ben Limero. Yeah, a little less directly. I've got Pokémon Tournament. Alex has Twilight Princess. We both need to work on our reviews. Uh, next week we're off, um, but we will be back with a massive mystery house. Lots of great discussions for the Game Corner. All that great jazz the next week. Uh, but in the meantime, we're here today mostly to discuss the recent Nintendo Direct. Although there is a little bit of stuff that just can't go ignored this week. But uh, let's start off, though, with some overall impressions real quick. What did you guys think of the Direct as a whole? I was glad to see Bill Trennan hosting it, you know, like like we all thought he would. Yeah. I think it kind of confirms what we've been saying recently, which is that Nintendo doesn't really have anything exciting in the pipeline for 2016. Um, yeah. <laughs> certainly nothing that's going to be coming before the holiday, and we all know that holiday is just going to mean Zelda this year. Mm-hmm. I was hoping to see a little bit more of a unique format, too, since they were talking about a, a different Direct format for 2016. Mm-hmm. I thought we might have gotten a taste of that with the uh, Pokemon Direct, which is a little more compact. Um, but I guess that wasn't quite that extreme. Yeah, I mean, this this Direct was actually longer than most of them usually are, wasn't it? It was like 40 minutes. It was like 45 like minutes or something? 20, 20 to 25 maybe, so. Yeah, yeah although I don't know how much they are actually going to be exploring that, but, uh, you know, discussion for another time. Um, so we're here really, let's, we got to dig into the news. Um, sorry, we're, I'm a little frazzled because we're like 35 minutes behind schedule now. Um, but first up from the direct, Star Fox Zero. They showed off a lot of that. It's got a co-op mode where one player can steer while another shoots the lasers. Uh, it also works with the Fox and Falco amiibo and scanning them in gets you a cool SNES inspired skin for your R-Wing and Chicken Walker. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though, the transforming R-Wing and Chicken Walker amiibo that they were working on had to be cancelled over safety concerns. After the Direct, we also learned that all of the original voice actors are returning for Star Fox Zeroes. Uh, that's 64, Star Fox 64 voice actors. Uh, and that you cannot disable the game's motion controls, but you can change how they work. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you can't uh, disable the motion controls, just because yeah. we could tell, you know, based on the show floor demo, how much of the game is kind of focused around that, where they want they want to force you to use them. So right. I didn't expect them to be changed. So I've seen some people saying, uh, you know, Nintendo should embrace the future, and they need better quality voice acting, and they shouldn't just, you know, bring back the cheesy voice actors from the, you know, the 1990s and everything. But at the same time, it's not like Star Fox has this super serious plot that you need to get engrossed into. And right. most of the fans of Star Fox are, you know, old school hardcore fans. Like they're, they're, you're not gonna bring in a whole lot of new people with with Star Fox. So I think it's it's cool that they're, you know, they're realizing, hey, all of our fans are, or most of our fans at least are, are veterans who are gonna enjoy having, you know, the same campy voice acting again. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I'm struggling to think of an ex- existing Nintendo franchise that would really benefit from super professional voice acting. It seems like that would be something they'd want to put toward new franchises. Um, I mean, maybe Zelda. If, if they, they go, yeah, I was gonna Zelda. say if they go for voice acting in Zelda, um, Fire Emblem could use better voice acting. Some of the voices in Fates are just painful. Two D Mario needs professional voice acting, guys. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no real surprises though, as far as Star Fox news. I think the most surprising thing was how cool the uh, Super NES skin was. Uh, yeah. It, it doesn't just change the look of the Arwing, it changes the music, it changes the sound effects, so really, really cool. Yeah, for sure. You can get an extended look at that. Uh, we've got that at uh, Gamnesia for you. Polygon put up a great preview. Um, but they, yeah, that's super cool. Um, the other big Star Fox story is a new spin-off game called Star Fox Guard. This is what became of Project Guard, the tech demo from E3 2014. It stars Slippy Toad and his uncle Grippy, and it's gonna let you customize your base and compete against other players online to beat challenges and 
and share levels and all that fun jazz. Uh, there's a lot of gameplay stuff shown off after the Direct, so you can check that out at Gamnesia. You probably haven't seen it yet. Uh, but Project Giant Robot's future, actually, is still uncertain. That was the other demo they showed at uh, E3 2014. It seems they haven't done much with it since then, um, but they haven't pulled the plug on it either, so they're not sure what they're going to do. Um, anyway, but what's cool about Star Fox Guard is that it's available as a part of the package when you buy Star Fox Zero for $60 at retail. Or you can get it for just $15 as a standalone game on the eShop. Everyone was saying that they wanted a Slippy Toad spinoff game, right? right? That was right. at the top of everyone's yeah. list. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I, I enjoyed playing Project Guard at E3 a couple years ago, and so it's cool to see them uh, flesh yeah, it out a little sure. bit more. Um, I gotta say I'm a little disappointed that the enemies still look pretty much exactly the same. Um, I get that mm. you know a lot of the visuals of the game look very similar to how they did at E3, but they were so generic. At, the enemies were so generic at E3. Uh, I think they could have used some sprucing up, some new life, and some life that feels a little more uniquely Star Fox, and they didn't get that. So that's that's my one complaint. Otherwise, I think that the game looks great. Um, you know, it's a small title, so there's nothing to criticize for you know not being ambitious enough or anything because it's a Star. Fox spinoff, which already, you know, they don't want to pour a ton of money into that. The game concept itself was already pretty simple. I don't see a whole lot of ways that they can really go expand that without making it a really big game, so I'm really happy with the direction that they've chosen. I think it's a little unfortunate that it took uh, this long for it to come out, just because you know, it's a pretty cool use of the gamepad and everything like that. Uh So this would have been a cool title, I think, to have in the launch window. Uh, You know, it's not going to be a big system seller, obviously, but it would have been a a fun thing to really show off the gamepad. Yeah. Early on, we use life. I mean, I think they did a lot of that with Nintendo Land and stuff, and I think I agree mm-hmm. with because I mean, this was a demo from E3 2014. We were already, you know, a year and a half off from the Wii's launch, so this game was clearly not something that was even an option to release then. Right. But you mean, for as far as what this game is, I mean, I understand why it's coming out now. I'm sure that they had it done or almost done a long time ago, and it's just been getting delayed alongside Star Fox Zero because uh, they right. want to do that dual release. You know, I cannot see this game being successful if it's not released right along side Star Fox, so I'm sure they've just been pushing it back. That, all that said, and I agree with what you guys are saying, um, I think it's kind of weird that it took them so long to even tell us that this is what it was going to become, because I feel like people called this all the way back in E3 2014, that this is what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a Star Fox logo back then, wasn't there? Like, Yeah, well, back then it did still sort of take place vaguely in the Star Fox universe, they said. Yeah. Um, and we, we knew, like, I think they've confirmed many times since then that it's going to be something... Yeah. Uh, to do with Star Fox Zero. They just hadn't shown off what the fully developed idea had become. Right. And we're like almost two years out from, from that point and, and it's only now that they're kind of letting the cat out of the bag and it just seems kind of like a like a like it wasn't worth the wait in terms of like trying to surprise us or something. Well yeah, but what were you waiting for? I mean this game didn't look like it was gonna be worth waiting for. I don't know. I don't see what you wanted. I guess why why even mention it at E3 2014 if if what was going to happen was it was just going to kind of suddenly drop two years later, you know? Well, I, if you're criticizing that, well, criticize Project I mean, Giant Robot. Obviously. That has, that's nowhere. Well, I mean, you know, I think they originally expected Star Fox to be out much, much sooner. So exactly. that's part of it. But, and yeah. I think that this is something that if they had announced it way earlier, you know, nobody's going to be hyped for a sustained period of time for a grippy Toad game. Well, that, <laughs> nobody's going to be I guess hyped for a slippy Toad game. So, like, come on. And then drop it immediately. And why, why, why leave us hanging for two years? Because I think they wanted to release it alongside Star Fox Zero. Well, they're dumb. 
<laughs> I mean... <laughs> All right, well... <laughs> this could have been a, a Nintendo Land expansion sort of game, but... Yeah, I, I, that I agree with. You know, games like Giant Robot, like Guard and stuff like that, those would well, have been great. Based on what we but, played of Giant Robot at E3, I'm not going to shed any tears if it does get cancelled. And I'm, you know, I'm kind of not sure why they haven't just said that it is, because at this point, I, I really don't see it materializing into anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right. So next up, Splatoon is getting at least three new updates for matchmaking, weapons, special abilities, and more. The first one has been available since yesterday. If you're listening to this, uh, the day it comes out, but there are two more, both coming in April. We don't know a whole lot about like what this is actually going to bring, but it's good news, yeah. I was really shocked that there was a substantial update at all. I thought we were done with substantial yeah. updates. I thought it was just going to be uh, patches going forward, but no, this is great. Um, I'll be checking it out probably later tonight because it pretty sure it just cool. hit, uh, and I'll let you guys know. Uh, I'll, I'll post about it on Twitter if there's anything worth worth talking about. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can follow him at Legend of Lex. Yes. Um, let's see. So Super Mario Maker is getting a huge update with keys, yes. giant skewers, and more. Yeah, this looks really great. Uh, so now you can make key doors, you can make red coin challenges, lots of exciting new ideas that will really expand your level-making potential. Uh, and of course, it's all free. So that should be out by the time you're listening to the show. So if you haven't tried it yet, go nuts. Yeah, and that's another thing where after the first update, they said, you know, here you go, here's some free content but we're not promising anymore and then they released the yeah. second one and now we're getting a yep. third one so you know i yeah it's great to see nintendo you know showing a dedication to releasing extra content for these games for free too you know it's really nice to see them sort of giving back to the fan base and in some cases listening to the things that the fan base you know was upset about omissions and things like that so it's yeah. it's, it's really good to see them adding more things and I, for one, am just super excited for, like, the pink coins and the keys and all that. Like, that that, that opens up a lot yeah. of different level possibilities before. For sure. You can make, like, mandatory bosses mm-hmm. by giving the boss a key to hold. Um, you know, you can do lots of really interesting stuff. Exploring levels yeah, to go around yeah, that's and collect be big the five for me. I love doing branching paths and hidden yeah. paths and things like that. So Yeah, that's great. I, th- I personally think uh, it's, a, it's a great move to keep expanding these games, given that, you know, I said before, 2016 is a pretty thin year. This seems like a good way to make the most of 2016 before NX launches, is to just keep releasing updates for these popular titles. Absolutely. Um, Shin Megami Tensei Cross Fire Emblem is coming to the West on June 24th. It's now officially called Tokyo Mirage Sessions Sharp FE. And though it will have a full English script, there will not be any English dubbed audio. It may, however, have altered costumes in the West to hide some cleavage. Uh, we don't know the extent of the localization changes, but we do know there will be at least a little bit of them. So if that grinds your gears, you know who to yell at. Uh, and if not, then grab some popcorn and check out the comments at Gamnesia.com. Um, uh, someone pointed out to me, and this might be vaguely interesting to some people, but uh, the new English title, uh, if you turn it into an acronym, it's Shimigami Tensei's acronym backwards. Ah. <laughs> uh. Clever, hmm. clever, clever. Um, but bad, bad, bad. But this is such a bad name. Can we just talk about that? The um, name is... Yeah. It's, it's as bad as, like, Kingdom Hearts 358 Days <sighs> Over 2. At least that has the actual name of the series <laughs> right? in it. This just doesn't even have anything to do with either of these games. I mean, I guess it's the acronym backwards, but nobody's going to pay attention to I that. I honestly forget what the, ac- the translation of the actual Japanese title was, but... I wouldn't be surprised if it's something similar. So maybe it's just it's just the game. The game just isn't yeah. just isn't working. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I mean it flopped in Japan as I heard. Yeah. Um, I and heard so as well. it, you know, it's no surprise then that 
the they're not going to pay for an English voice cast for the dub, um, you know, because they're not going to want to put voice acting. They're going to have to put down a lot of money for that. Um, and, you know, it makes sense for the game that they know is going to be remotely successful. But I'm honestly surprised they even announced it for the West before it debuted in Japan at all. Like, yeah, you know, I would have thought they would have used Japan as a test market. I think it was that was coming off of the the sort of Fire Emblem Awakening hype. And Nintendo was thinking, oh, we'll use Fire Emblem as much yeah. as we can. And we, of course, we've seen the fruits yeah. of that in other areas like well, and I think when they first announced it, you know, that trailer was just it, like it looks nothing like it does now. And that trailer was just character art scrolling around the screen. Right. So clearly they didn't really know what they were going to do. They just knew that they wanted to capitalize on that Fire Emblem hype. Uh, and they knew that they were doing a Shimigami Tensei crossover. So, I mean, I think I feel like what happened is as development went more and more in that sort of j poppy direction and Nintendo didn't want to, you know, step in and say, hey, this isn't happening to Fire Emblem, this isn't happening to our hype crossover, um, you know, I think they wanted to let the developers have those freedoms, and but then it just meant, what are we going to do with this game, you know? Um, We've already announced it for yeah. the West, like, we can't back down from that now. Uh, you mentioned the, the lack of English dub, and I actually think even if this game hadn't flopped in Japan, that's actually a pretty appropriate direction given the whole concept. So yeah, yeah. I think inevitably whatever was going to happen to this game, it was never going to really be a fully Western game. It's going to be a, a no. niche sort of, if you like Japanese games, here you go sort of game. Absolutely. So then after that, Nintendo announced a new Paper Mario game coming to Wii U in 2016, confirming the recent rumors we've talked about previously. Paper Mario Color Splash features a new place called Prism Island, where Mario travels for a vacation. But all the color in Prism Island is being drained away, so it's up to Mario and his newfound paint hammer to bring color back to the world. The gameplay seems to be based most heavily on Sticker Star, featuring a world map, a combat system based on cards, which is similar in some ways to stickers, um, certainly closer to stickers than the previous battle systems, uh, and no partners in sight. Our friends over at Game Explain released an excellent video analysis of the reveal trailer if you want to learn about the nitty gritty, but boy do I bet we've got things to say. So, you know, a lot of people are giving this hate already because of how similar it is to Sticker Star, and I can understand that since, you know, so many Nintendo fans have just been screaming, give us a Paper Mario like the first two again. Mm -hmm. um, I've been trying to keep an open mind because I thought Sticker Star had excellent level design. I just thought it it, it lacked the uh, the atmosphere of the previous games. There uh -huh. were all these lovable characters and, you know, super, you know, hilarious things going on. And it was, it just, it didn't feel like it had much soul to it. And then, of course, the battle system was, everything was replaced with stickers, which frustrated me a little bit. I, I would have been fine <laughs> if they had replaced, like, all items with stickers and maybe all, like, special attacks with stickers, but not your regular, like, jump and hammer attacks, too. Yeah. So... Looking at this so far, I, I'm loving the look of like the papercraft overworld. Uh, watching Game Explains video, they pointed out a lot of you know really interesting things. Uh, so there, there's there's a lot of things that I'm interested in from this game, but I still think I'm not going to like the combat system, especially mm -hmm. if there's no partners because I love having multiple partners. <clears throat> there's a good clip um but <laughs> i'll be sure to take that completely out of context and post yes. it all over social media <laughs> that's gonna be our end bite just so you know <laughs> but uh what's really gonna be important to me is is whether or not this game has a soul to it i can live with a mediocre combat system 
as long as, you know, if, if the level design is top-notch like it was in Sticker Star, and if they bring back the interesting characters of the previous games mm. and, you know, the, the mm-hmm. side stories and things like that, then I'll be pretty content with this. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you all there. You know, that's all I am keeping an open mind about this. I think I'm going to like it. Because, um, you know, so I'm one of the very few people who actually really liked playing Sticker Star, even if it didn't have that same familiar Paper Mario atmosphere. I still really, really enjoyed the game. Um, so I'm confident this is, is going to be a really great game. Um, I'm confident I'm going to love Color Splash. But God Nintendo, how can you be so blind? For years, your fans have been fearfully begging to never get another game like Sticker Star ever again. For years, it's been nothing but, please, Nintendo, make Paper Mario good again. Uh, is Sticker Star okay? No! No, it's <laughs> not! Okay, got it, so we'll throw a bunch of paint in it. Like, that's not how this works! Nintendo, I love you, and I'm sure I'm gonna love Color Splash, but Jesus Christ, you need to listen to your fans! At the very least, you need to be a lot more transparent about what goes into these decisions to do these kinds of games. Because you cannot make something that is so willfully ignorant and flagrantly dismissive of the people who support you the most and expect it not to sting. Color Splash is just the latest in a long line of games. We've got Ultra Smash, Ziplash, Paper Jam, Amiibo Festival, Mario Party, Federation Force that are either disappointingly underbaked, wildly different, and negatively so, from what people want out of these respective series, or both. Your audience is burning out big time, and if you keep pulling these moves without any sort of assurance or even acknowledgement to offer them, it's gonna be too late. They're not gonna trust you anymore, and they're not gonna support you in the future, and that is the last thing you need when your position in the industry is as fluid as it is right now. We don't know what NX is. We don't know if it's gonna work out. If this is gonna be some big revolution, you really need to step your game up. And I seriously hope that you do, because the most painful truth for me to accept in all of this is that if your future is a disaster, there will be nobody to blame but you, Nintendo. Wow, that was... Something. <laughs> no, I, I, I agree with you. Um, it's especially depressing given that this is supposed to be a transition year, and this is about the least graceful transition year Nintendo will have ever yeah. had. Uh, assuming Zelda isn't so amazing that it wipes out all of my memory of the rest of the year. <laughs> um, but I'm not especially hopeful of that. Um, mm-hmm. for, for my perspective, not having any of the baggage that came with other people who have played Sticker Star, the thing that instantly turns me off without any other information is the fact that this is a card-based battle system. Mm. I hate mm-hmm. card-based battle systems. <laughs> and Paper Mario, well, I love the exploration, I love the characters, I love all that stuff. Paper Mario, if you strip out the good combat system, is not really worth playing for me. I need the combat system to be something compelling. No, absolutely. It it it, it sort of complements the rest of the game in a, in, a, in a way that the rest of the game can't do on its own. And this is partly my bias. This is this. May, it may be a great card-based battle system. I don't know, but I don't like card-based battle systems, and so I'm probably not going to get this game by virtue of that alone. And to add insult to injury, uh, my biggest pet peeve about card-based battle systems is when they take a perfectly functioning battle system that doesn't use cards and then turns it into a card-based battle system. <laughs> so yep. this is like worst-case scenario for me in terms of. Well, they took a perfectly functioning battle system that doesn't use stickers, and they turned it into a crazy <laughs> sticker battle system and then they took that yeah. and turned it into well, this card thing yeah. stop playing with it Nintendo. Yes. the battle system was fine it was amazing 
Why do you want to keep changing it? See, and you know, I, I could see the card-based system turning out pretty cool, you know, if they do interesting things with it and add strategy elements to it, because I really like strategy-based things. Anything yeah. where I gotta think and plot and plan, you know, it's, it's great. But it's gonna have to do a lot to impress me, because Sticker Star's battle system was just crap. And it's it's mm-hmm. pretty clear they're building off a of Sticker Star. So, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm excited to explore this papercraft world. I'm really hoping it's populated with interesting characters, but right. I, I'm really wary that, that I'm just not gonna enjoy this battle yeah. system. And I hope Nintendo proves me wrong. If they come totally. out with a, a deep interesting battle system then then i'm you know i'm not like alex where i i would be opposed to a card-based battle system i just at the moment don't have the faith that they're going to do it right based off of sticker star right i'm i'm loving how the the sort of core concept of color splash seems to echo how we feel about this game which is that the the color is being drained out of the world (laughs) and and we want the hope to be restored but hammer time yeah, I mean, yeah. again, I like. I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic game. The game itself, I don't think, deserves any disparaging yet. But um, I just think the idea was so bad. How could they possibly think that this is even okay? Yeah, you know, all that praise I just gave Nintendo about listening to their fans when it comes to you know adding extra content for Splatoon and Mario Maker. Well, the exact opposite is true here. Nintendo, yeah. <laughs> please listen to your fans when it comes to. Uh, Paper Mario. Yeah, you, you should. Your games should prove themselves from the first look. They shouldn't have to prove themselves because people are doubting them from the get go. Yeah, very well said. Well, uh, next up, they showed a bit of Pokémon Tournament and announced that the Shadow Mewtwo Amiibo card is only available in first production editions of the game. So, if you want to get one, be sure to pick up Pokémon at retail on March 18th or sometime soon after. And then, Mini Mario and Friends Amiibo Challenge is coming to North America on April 28th. No word on other regions yet, um, but if you buy an Amiibo starting March 25th, then the Amiibo will come with a download code to get the game a month early. So, to our listener who is excited, enjoy. <laughs> Zing. Oh, that wasn't even a dig. I'm just like... That wasn't a dig. <laughs> like it is, I mean, yeah. I'm estimating about one listener. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> no, no, I, I understand um, you're being totally serious, and yet... <laughs> Yeah. And yes. Yep. <laughs> um, next up was a big announcement. Super Nintendo games are coming to Virtual Console on new Nintendo 3DS. Pilot Wings, Super Mario World, and F Zero are available right now in North America, while Europe's got Mario World and Earthbound, and Japan's got like six or seven games already. Of course. Uh, <laughs> there's lots more coming in the future, including Zelda, Super Metroid, Donkey Kong Country, Kirby's Dream Course. You know, we've got a complete list of every game for every region at Gamnesia, so I recommend you check that out if you want the full breakdown. Um, but now it's time for our talking points. Alex, I have a hunch that you've got a lot to say about the price of these games. So, Nintendo, when I've bought pretty much every game on this list twice already. And I go to the eShop after you release them on a third platform. It really doesn't make me happy when I see a price that's listed next to it at all. (laughs) This is 2016. I've paid for these games twice. I never have to pay for things twice on PlayStation. I mean, now I do if they release it on PS4. But, uh, you know, I could get things on PSP. I could get things on PS3. I could get things on PS Vita. I didn't have to pay for them twice. Why do I have to pay for things twice on Nintendo platforms? Yeah. People have I mean, been that's... saying this all generation. People were saying it most of the last generation. Mm-hmm. They don't want to have to pay for their games twice when the comp- competition doesn't make you do it. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. we've seen them dabble with crossplay a little bit, you know, with with a few key titles here and there, you know, working in with some indies and things like that. Like uh, the new Mutant Muds, that's got crossplay. 
Uh, so I right. I, well, that's not Nintendo. But well, they, they do ha- have cross buy on the Mario, the mini Mario. I was games. gonna say the right. mini Mario games. They've they've done this before, which makes it even more infuriating that they won't do it for yeah. virtual console games, for games that they've yeah. already made. I might add, right? right. And you I know? feel like they've done so little here with the new 3ds that these games almost seem more like a consolation prize for people who made the plunge and bought one than they are, you know, a new event for just Nintendo fans. Because let's be real. You can play Xenoblade, you can play Binding of Isaac, but otherwise, there's honestly just about no reason to own a new 3DS. I mean, I guess the download speeds are quicker, it can be nice to control the camera in Majora's Mask, but it doesn't add anything necessary to any games otherwise. And for that reason, we see a lot of people who are feeling really let down by how not worth it their price, their purchase of, you know, what? 220 240 bucks even was so to charge another eight dollars for every single game just seems callous you know especially considering that these games are already available on wii u and that the unified account system is coming before the end of the month so what they should have done is held this off for just like a week or whatever while they launch their new account systems and then use this as an opportunity to introduce cross buy for the virtual console absolutely because People are sick of paying these same prices over and over and over again. And this is just one more major event that you're holding, Nintendo, that takes that for granted. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the, the My Nintendo thing because it this is a really bad look for your transition to a new account mm-hmm. system. It's like two weeks away, tops. Like, what are they thinking? This, will, this is especially yeah, going to be a bad look if NX doesn't mind supporting pretty much everything I've ever bought out the gate. Yeah. Um, Now, that all said, I am stoked that you can play the Super Nintendo games on the new 3DS. I don't know if I'm actually going to end up buying any for all the reasons we said above. I feel like I'm a sucker and I'm going to buy Earthbound eventually. (laughs) Right. Yeah, I feel like Super Metroid Uh, and Donkey Kong Country are the ones I most want to play on a handheld. Yeah, I think Super Metroid, maybe, probably Donkey Kong Country too. Um, I, I think I might make the splurge on, but I don't know. Um, it's a lot more money than it's worth for how many times I've played these games and how many ways I already own them. But, um, at least conceptually, it is exciting, so I do like that. Yeah, I don't think, most Um, of these games haven't even been available on handheld in their sort of emulated form before, so, yay! No, yeah, and that's, that's super cool. Uh, but speaking of Super Nintendo and 3DS, Japan is getting a limited edition new 3DS XL themed after the Super Famicom. This thing looks so cool. I wish they had a SNES one. It'd be way more money than I can spend in good conscience, but it would be so cool anyway. Yeah, this thing's be- beautiful. I, re- I was really hoping that they'd announce something similar for North mm-hmm. America. But like we said earlier, you know, Japan gets all the cool stuff, so I wouldn't, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't hold my breath. Uh-huh. But. Um, so Game Freak made a horse racing solitaire game where you play cards to race horses, you breed horses, <laughs> it's all kinds of, yeah, crazy, yet kind of neat things that you can do in here. Uh, it's been out in Japan for a little while, it's coming west soon, and it's called Pocket Card Jockey, only on the Nintendo 3DS eShop. I remember, like, three years ago, when Game Freak was teasing that they had some new game in the works, and everyone was like, oh, it's gonna be a Pokemon spinoff, it's, you know, whatever, people were, <laughs> and rumors were running wild across the internet, and then they came out and announced Horse Solitaire, and the collective response <laughs> of the internet was, what the yeah. f***? <laughs> so I'm well, glad that three years later, I mean, Horse Solitaire is coming to North America. Anytime Game Freak announces an independent project, it always kind of comes out like this, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's the Tembo the Elephant and the um, Harmonite is pretty simple. It's cute and awesome. I really liked Harmonite, but it's... I mean, there's nothing wrong with these games. It's just kind no, of... No, not it, at all. It, it just doesn't really meet people's expectations, I guess. And, you know, I, I almost feel like this would have been better as a, a mobile game. Probably, but... Uh, 
that ship has sailed. Also, I think they made it a while ago, so yeah. whatever. Well, um, I mean, you know, we, we saw what they did with, like, uh, Pokemon Shuffle, where, you know, it started as a 3DS right. game and yeah. then came to mobile. So yeah, yeah. I think they could have done the same thing here. Yeah. Um, Azure Striker Gunvolt is getting a sequel this summer. It's got a playable rival who can absorb abilities from the bosses, which looks pretty cool. Very Mega Man. Uh, it's coming to the 3DS eShop, so that should dish up some fun for those of you who like actiony or platformery type stuff. Uh, Disney Art Academy, then, is also real. Nintendo announced it during the Direct, and it's launching on May 13th. We've got some new deal... We've got some new info on some DLC maps in Fire Emblem Fates. And during the European version of the Nintendo Direct, Super Meat Boy was officially confirmed for Wii U. And the developers later said that that's coming in a couple of months. Uh, nothing much to say on any of these, I presume? I guess better late than never on Super Meat Boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I love pretty much everything I see that Disney is doing with Nintendo. And I think Disney Art Academy is a really fantastic idea. So props for Yeah, that. definitely. Alright, moving on. Hyrule Warriors Legends is getting four new waves of DLC, which you can buy separately or for a season pass at launch. First up is Medley from Wind Waker, who's coming to both versions of the game as a playable character, and a Wind Waker outfit for Ganondorf that's exclusive to the 3DS version. But everything after that is unknown. We don't know what kinds of content it'll be, if there will even be new characters, you know, what's going to come to Wii U and what's not, so... It's all shrouded in mystery. I can't tell you how happy I am that Medley's coming. Because yeah, yeah. I've wanted Medley t- to begin with for Hyrule Warriors Legends. I like the idea of a Rito character because I like the Rito race and she's adorable. Um, I've been really happy too with uh, Hyrule Warriors DLC so far, so I'm pretty stoked to see what they're going to do for this uh, new round. I was really surprised that they're going to be dumping so many waves of new DLC. Yeah, for uh, sure. I thought maybe we'd get one. But right. I guess the train will go. I mean, on. I'm really, I, I'm a little concerned because they didn't say anything about characters for future DLC. But I'm really hoping that the next DLC has at least one character each time. I feel like that's really the highlight of Hyrule Warriors DLC. I almost um, thought you were going to say at least Bruce. one character. Yeah, was, at least one character, and it better be yeah. Bruce. Um, yeah let loose the grooves <laughs> i feel like it's gotta happen i feel like everybody's been saying it so i don't i mean it hasn't happened yet i don't know like my confidence is just completely gone for that ever happening i just hope it does now it's <laughs> um but next up north america is finally getting the bravely second demo that europe and japan received months ago on march 10th it's a prologue story that follows the three cavaliers an elite band of crystal guard knights dispatched by none other than Agnes. uh playing the demo will unlock bonuses that can be transferred to the full game and this is of course leading up to the north american release of the game on april 15th so i still haven't played bravely default and I would like to ask the listeners whether they think it's a game that I should play and whether they would like to hear my thoughts on the uh, sequel uh, once it comes out. Uh, if you would, uh, just just let us know, uh, either on Twitter or email Colin or something. Any of those ways. You, you know, we'll plug it in at the end of the podcast, like always, how to contact us. There's lots of different ways. Um... Trademarks for Monster Hunter Generations surfaced just before the Direct, and it turns out that this is the localized name of Monster Hunter X. It's coming to the West this summer, and players with save data for Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate can unlock extra content in Generations, including an armor set designed to look like Marth. So this is actually a a really quick turnaround in terms of localization, because this game just launched in Japan in November, I believe, Hmm. and it's already sold, like, 2.7 million copies in Japan alone. Like, it it might be on pace to uh, 
to be like the fastest selling one ever. I'm not I'm not entirely sure. If not, then it's just behind Monster Hunter Four. And now they're gonna turn it around and have it out in North America, you know, just over half a year later. So it's uh I think the the last couple Monster Hunter games have done really, really well in the West compared to previous entries. So I think you're starting to see Capcom shift their well not necessarily shift their focus more to the west but i think capcom's really starting to put some faith in the western market for monster hunter yeah yeah nintendo then revealed a much deeper look at metroid prime federation force you play as the team of federation soldiers and you'll get customizable equipment to give your soldier like missiles healing stuff and so on so depending how you customize your soldiers uh will become really specialized and have a big focus on cooperative team play potentially uh, it wasn't totally clear how all that plays into the game uh and how much will be there for single player versus multiplayer but this definitely looks like it's shaping up to be a great game um, and, you know, even if it's not the best timing for a Metroid spinoff. So you can get a really extended look at the game thanks to seven more minutes of footage from Game Explain, or check it out for yourself at various public events, including WonderCon and more. Anyone have anything to say? I found it partly amusing, partly depressing, partly kind of pathetic <laughs> that uh, the way that they framed the sort of re-reveal of Metroid Prime Federation Force was was Kensuke Tanabe wanted to sort of reintroduce the game and give Nintendo's justification for making it. And then mm-hmm. proceeded to say everything that we heard at E3 last year. Yeah, there wasn't yeah. really all that much new information. And I gotta say, I, I watched the the seven minutes of footage the game explained posted, and it doesn't look like a bad game, but it just, based on what I've seen so far, it looks kind of bland. I, I don't super care for the art style. Yeah. And, you know, it just, I don't know, it, it looked kind of uninteresting to me. There was, there was a lot of sort of repetitive hallways with not a whole lot of detail, and the sort of boss fight they showed off didn't look all that engaging to me, but I'm sure that was just early on in the game. Right. And, you know, as we see more, maybe my opinion will change, but for right now, this this just doesn't look like a title that's going to interest me. Right. I've got a lot of faith here for Next Level Games, um, so maybe I'm a little biased in that sense and have higher expectations for it than are reasonable, but uh, Alex, you sounded so, like you were going to say something. Uh, so I think it, it feels for me very much like the Triforce heroes of the Metroid Prime mm, universe, yep. Definitely. in that Definitely. there is this great co-op element, and you can have some really magic moments, probably. I mean, I can't speak for that because we didn't get to play the co-op, really. And it also, as from a controls perspective, feels very authentically Metroid Prime. So I think between the, those two elements, there's going to be a really great game here. But of course, the question is, are people really going to like this, given that we've been wanting an authentic Metroid Prime that isn't this sort of co-op experience? Right. Well, the answer's I no. Mean, right. I mean, that's already been clear since E3. Is there going to be enough of a community for this game that you can have a good online experience, mm, too, yeah. is going to be an issue, I think. Yeah, well, it's not the Metroid Prime we wanted, so who's going to play it? Well, as they're winding down the Direct, Nintendo announced Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix for Nintendo 3DS, so they're finally localizing the Rhythm Heaven game that Japan's had for nearly a whole year now. Um, for those who haven't been following, Mega Mix is a collection of the best Rhythm Heaven minigames from previous entries in the series, as well as 30 brand new ones, so it's jam-packed with all kinds of great content. It's even got games from the original game on GBA, which never made it outside Japan, so you know, it's a great entry point for those of you who are new to the series, and an awesome collection for longtime fans, so you should be sure to check it out later this year. Give it a try.
Finally, to cap off the Direct, Nintendo revealed a brand new Kirby game. It's called Kirby Planet Robobot, and it sees Kirby taking control of giant mechs with copy abilities. It looks like a lot like Triple Deluxe visually, and it appears to run on the same engine, but the robots are the big new addition, of course. Um, it feels almost like the mecha suits from Mega Man X, which were a lot of fun, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm optimistic in seeing how this is going to play out in Kirby. It looks like it could be really cool. Uh, but Nintendo announced that they are also launching a new line of Amiibo for the Kirby series alongside Robobot, which features Kirby, Meta Knight, King Dedede, and Waddle Dee. I, for one, really, really like the way they implemented the mechs. At first, mm. when they showed off the mechs, I was like, oh, well, that's that's kind of weird. But then they showed the copy abilities, and suddenly yeah. it made a lot of sense to me. So, uh, really nice implementation of, of a new idea in a way that sort of sure. is faithful to and complements the core gameplay of this franchise sure. really well. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, I, I played all the way through Triple Deluxe. Um, I reviewed it for Gamnesia. Um, I had really positive thoughts. It's pretty simple, very straightforward, not super engaging, not super in-depth, but it's a very good core game. It's very good for, you know, uh, the younger audiences, very good for, you know, like, less hardcore gaming audiences. So what you're saying is it's a Kirby game. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think that I think that there are a lot of Kirby games that are more um, geared towards players like us, you know? Um but Triple Deluxe was not one. I enjoyed Triple Deluxe a lot, but it wasn't one of them. Um, so, and it looks like this is going to be in that same sort of vein as Triple Deluxe. So, sure. if anyone out there was not interested in Triple Deluxe, this definitely, I mean, deserves a chance. But you probably won't be interested in this one. Um, and if you were interested in Triple Deluxe, then this looks like a great evolution of that. So, very cool. All right, so that wraps it up for the Nintendo Direct news. We're going to briefly touch upon a couple of other things that we cannot help but discuss this week before taking it over to our lightning round. So this next segment is going to be a little bit of a mashup between a news block and a gossip stone here. Um, but first up, Destructoid reported on some whispers that they heard within the industry that they believe hold at least some water that Nintendo is funding Beyond Good and Evil 2, and in exchange, it will be an NX exclusive. So basically a repeat of the Bayonetta 2 situation. Ubisoft declined to comment on the rumor, and even asked Destructoid to remove the report while refusing to give any reason for their request. The game's creator, Michel Ancel, has recently left Ubisoft, but he had a live stream with Tim Schafer where they played the original Beyond Good and Evil, and they both kept name-dropping Miyamoto in a really strange, uncharacteristic way, I feel like. So, this is all still very much a rumor, but there are some cards lining up. What do you guys think? I think this makes a lot more sense than Bayonetta 2. <laughs> Michel Ansel's games, uh, at least his, his original IP, uh, are they're very Nintendo-friendly. Yeah. Um, I didn't play much of the original Beyond Good and Evil. I have it on PS3, and I only kind of just started it. Mm -hmm. But it felt very much like... Uh, it's very much like a, in the vein of a Zelda game. I mean, it's set in a completely different universe, but... Right. It's like, it's like a Rayman analog to Zelda. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it has that sort of flavor, but it it does gameplay things that are like Zelda. So you know, rumors about games surface all the time, and even Beyond Good and Evil Two, I think, has had more than its fair share of rumors oh, over yeah. the years. So it, it is a little odd to hear about a uh, a publisher, you know, stepping forward and saying, "Please remove this rumor," and refusing to give a reason. So I don't necessarily think that you know all the details of the rumor are have to be true because. As is often the case with rumors, yeah, it starts as something true, and then by the time it gets to the public, it's 
little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. You know, there's there's going to be some <laughs> yeah. misinformation. But if there's not, I would be surprised if there's not at least some truth to this. If this isn't based in you know some sort of reality, because right. otherwise, I don't see why this isn't something that would damage Ubisoft's reputation. I don't think if uh, it wasn't right. true and this rumor was out there. So the fact that they're trying to squash this rumor tells me that there is some truth to it. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like a game that's certainly ripe for this kind of intervention from Nintendo. It's been in limbo for forever. Nobody's ever been clear on what the status of this game is, just that it's happening. Um, so it, it really seems like a great opportunity for Nintendo to come in, fund this sequel to a, a beloved franchise that a sequel that people have been wanting for years and years and years and not getting. I mean, this is, I feel like this is probably the next thing down from Half-Life 3, (laughs) even though the original Beyond Good and Evil wasn't nearly as commercially successful as, you know, the Half-Life series. But, um, you know, it's just got that sort of sense of excitement and, and mystery and also some sense of disillusionment behind it that if Nintendo can tap into that and say hey, guess what? Beyond Good and Evil 2 is happening look how awesome it looks, it's gonna be on NX only, launch title 2016, that's not happening, but you know, um maybe it is, I don't know, well, we don't know, yeah but, um, that would be a really good way to showcase the visuals of the new console with a game that they haven't traditionally been using for their console for sure, yeah, well, and a game that is more associated with the more powerful consoles with a slightly more hardcore audience than Nintendo's historical one, but a game that still fits really nicely into the kinds of game experiences that Nintendo already offers, so their fans can sort of move on up to Beyond Good and Evil, and Beyond Good and Evil fans can sort of move over to Nintendo platforms. I mean, in that sense, I think it works a lot better than Bayonetta 2, Um, so it is a great opportunity, but yeah, we'll see if they take it. And then the other little tidbit that we cannot ignore this week is something data miners discovered on Nintendo's servers. Twilight Princess is getting its own Picross game, just like Pokemon did. It's going to be a My Nintendo reward. It's set to launch on March 31st, and though this is all unconfirmed by Nintendo, it seems pretty much definite, so. It also seems pretty much random. Like, <laughs> yeah. why not just Zelda Picross and then yeah. release new puzzles for each game kind of in a sort of system? systematic fashion like why does it have to be twilight princess picross like what well so i i'm wondering if this has something to do with pokemon picross we saw you can catch the pokemon and use their different abilities on the puzzles i'm wondering if it has something to do with the abilities um that you might be able to use in this yeah, game that if that's sense. specific to twilight princess in some way and i don't know what way that might be but um you know that's the only explanation i can think of it is is if they thought hey this would be a really cool idea for like wolf link and you know the yeti guys what i don't know that could that would still work with an expansion model though no i I agree i'm just you know yeah i i I get where you're going yeah um and i think it's weird that it's a my nintendo reward like yeah don't you think that there would be some kind of extra thing for a mobile game that would be twilight princess themed that would be a my nintendo reward not a like random puzzle game that people probably weren't going to pay for anyway right well i mean i think i think that kind of signifies that it's probably going to be a much smaller experience than pokemon picross was pokemon picross is huge it's, it's packed huge. with stuff it's huge. um which is really amazing but it's also once you you know if you follow the free-to-play model and you know do all the in-game purchases it comes out to a total of 40 dollars to unlock the complete fully unrestrained experience of pokemon picross so i mean or 30 something like that but it's basically comes out to a full retail game uh twilight princess picross i would imagine is as the my nintendo reward status would imply a lot smaller worth a reward rather than a 30 dollar 40 dollar retail thing that's just free to access you know yeah 
Um, and the other thing I think is unusual, and we kind of talked about this before, but you would think that they would want the Picross game, which kind of exposes people to their characters, you'd think they'd want that to be exposed to as many people as possible, not gated behind a bunch of rewards points through my right. Nintendo. Right. But again, you know, the existence of this game doesn't take away from any potential existences of other Picross games that do so. Yeah, for purpose, sure. You know, for so sure. I don't. If anything, it tells us that they're looking concerned. at Picross and, and looking at using Picross more. So absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I think Picross is something that's so easy to um, develop because the engine's already there. All they got to do is think of the sprite works for the puzzles. And I would imagine that the way you develop them is you plug in all the squares that are filled in and all the ones that are X's. And then the game calculates the, you know, the numbers that they give you as clues. So, right. you know, I, I can't imagine that any Picross game takes hardly any development resources at all. So, I, you know. Well, and, and the other nice thing is it's adaptable to pretty much any form factor you can think of. So they right. can put it on any platform they want. And, right. and it's not even a headache for them. Absolutely. Yeah. So cool things all around, you know, nothing major, but it's, it's an interesting discovery. It's an interesting idea and, uh, they're probably going to announce it sometime pretty soon. So we wanted to touch upon it this week. Um, all right. Well, there's more news from this week that we're going to save for the next episode when we return. Just a little couple stories. Uh, but for now, time is running short. Uh, so it's time for the lightning round. And we've now arrived at the beloved lightning round where we bring you little nuggets of information of the past week. Uh, If you want to read more about any of these stories that we're going to talk about upcoming or any of the ones we already discussed, you can check them out at amnesia.com. The latest podcast episode will show up in the scrolling feature bar at the top of the site, and on that page you'll see all these links. Alright, so first up, recent releases and stuff that is now available for you. The Kanto-themed tourney in Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire has begun. Celebi is now available as a mystery gift in Gen 6 Pokemon games, and Regirock, Regice, and Registeel are available for download by accessing the Pokemon Bank. Twilight Princess HD is available now, and it's getting great reviews. You'll probably hear a bunch about it from me the next time we do a Game Corner. (laughs) Yep, yep. Uh, And also available are that Splatoon update, a Tanuki suit statue costume in Super Mario Maker, and some Super Nintendo games on the new 3DS. You can now pre-order just about everything from the Nintendo Direct as well, so if there's anything that interests you and you're sure you want to pick up, then go for it. And another warning this week about what's not available, there's another scam website tricking people into signing up for a fake beta for Pokemon Go. Don't believe it. Pokemon Go's beta signups have indeed launched in Japan, but so far it's only Japan. Other regions are coming soon, not now. So be calm, my children. Fear not. Uh, As long as you stay away, then you'll be fine. And then we've got a bunch of upcoming dates to look out for. Sometime this month, Mitomo and My Nintendo will be launching. March 10th, Fire Emblem Fates' third story path, Revelations, launches as DLC for both versions of the game. The Bravely second demo is launching on March 10th. Famitsu is holding a special live stream to celebrate Sakurai's 500th column. Super Metroid and A Link to the Past launch on the 3DS Virtual Console in Europe. Mario Maker is getting a new costume based on Mary O from the game's manual. And March 10th is also Mario Day. Mar 10, however that's pronounced Mar-ten? in words. Mar-ten Martin Day. <laughs> Martin Day. Um, so Nintendo wants fans to join in the celebration with the hashtag Martenday. Um, March 11th, the next wave of Nintendo Selects launches. They're available for pre-order now, so get them. March 12th, Japan's next Splatfest brings a Dragon Quest theme into Splatoon. March 14th, we'll no longer have a presentation on Pokemon Go at GDC. Niantic canceled it to focus on the launch and their beta testing. This is a little frustrating since we haven't really seen anything from the game <laughs> yep. yet. Yep. 
Yep, but I mean, hopefully at least this means the game itself is going to be better. Uh, March 17th, F-Zero and Super Mario Kart launch on the 3DS Virtual Console in Europe, and a new map launches in Fire Emblem Fates. The 17th is also when Mutant Mud's sequel launches on Wii U and 3DS, and that does support cross-buy. March 18th, tons of Nintendo stuff is coming out. Pokemon Tournament and its special fight pad, Mario and Sonic 3DS, tons of Amiibo, get those wallets ready. March 20th, the Mega Yarn Yoshi is getting restocked at Toys R Us. April 4th, Nintendo is shutting down the Mario Kart TV website. April 14th, Lost Reavers is getting an open beta on Wii U before it launches later on April 28th. May 20th, Fire Emblem Fates Birthright and Conquest launch in Europe. June 9th, Ace Attorney 6 launches in Japan. June 10th, the fourth wave of Animal Crossing Amiibo cards launches in North America. June 24th, the Wii U version of Mario and Sonic at the 2016 Olympic Games launches. June 25th and 26th, Orlando is hosting a qualifying round for this summer's Pokémon Tournament Championships in San Francisco. The prize pool of this tournament is now one hundred thousand dollars so that's definitely something to think about if you're interested in Pokken. yeah for uh, a game that's you know not even out yet worldwide they've already announced that big of a price yeah so absolutely uh, and there are also national championships happening in europe so check that story out if you're interested it's like germany italy and the uk i think okay lots of stuff from those upcoming dates but now we're finally at the rundown of smaller things that happened this past week uh the zelda inspired game it'll do is getting a sequel the first one was actually really fun. I played it, but it was uh, it was kind of on the short side. But based on the trailer, it looks like the second one's probably going to be about twice as big, because they they mentioned something about like nice. seeking out eight uh, parts to like rebuild your raft, uh, your raft or something like that. And the mm. first game, I believe, only had four dungeons, so this one's going to have eight, and it said you could play them uh, in any order. So cool, should be pretty cool. 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 Uh, a third wave of Fire Emblem Fates DLC is now rolling out in Japan. Dragon Quest X is getting some fresh Splatoon-themed outfits, reciprocating that uh, little Splatfest nod. Players can now be banned from Mario Maker's Course World if they beg for stars or exploit glitches, so don't do that. And lots of Bravely Second characters have been edited to wear less revealing clothes in the West, and the bad endings for side quests may have been removed. Before anyone starts cussing out Nintendo, it's Square Enix who does the localization for this one, so... Miyamoto gave the Star Fox characters their metal legs just so they'd look more human. You know, because us humans have metal legs. <laughs> Twilight Princess HD runs in 30 frames per second to stay faithful to the original, but funny enough, it suffers from frame rate drops that were not present in the older versions of the game. Yeah, so it looks like it, it struggles in uh, Faron Woods when there's fog on the screen, and now I, I don't have the game, obviously, you know, you, you have it, Alex, maybe you can corroborate this, but... Uh, apparently, I've been seeing online that people are having significant frame drops when they do off-TV play on the gamepad. I have not really tried off-TV play too much, but I'm going to be trying it more on my Hero Run mode, which will be the uh, next thing I do once I finish the game. All right. Um, cool. So I'll try to t- I'll try to pay attention to that. But yes, yeah, so it definitely does have frame rate drops as soon as you kind of approach the purple fog in Fern Woods. Mm, that's too bad. Um, and then the just the next story from this little chunk is that Maya Fey is returning in Ace Attorney Six. Volcanion and Magirna star in a new trailer for the next Pokemon movie. We've got tons of new screenshots for Ace Attorney 6, as well as a preview of the upcoming Ace Attorney anime. And you can watch the opening cinematic for Star Fox Zero, which looks an awful lot like the one from Star Fox 64. Nintendo is holding a competition to find the biggest Zelda fan in Canada. Nintendo won a lawsuit claiming that the Wii committed patent infringement. Twilight Princess HD topped the sales charts in the UK this past week. Universal Studios Japan will spend $350 million on Nintendo attractions in what seems like will be a new themed area for the park. That's aiming to launch by 2020 for the year Japan's hosting the Summer Olympics. Uh, Still no word on a timetable for any of the uh, Western parks, right? Right. 
That's too bad. And I'm told that this is uh, this is about the same size of investment they made when they opened uh, a big Harry Potter attraction. So seems mm. like they're uh, really expecting this to do pretty well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a Japanese toy company is making gorgeous figurines of most of the Pokémon tournament roster. Fire Emblem Fates is getting a seven-disc soundtrack release in Japan. Fans think that Pokémon Sun and Moon may feature evolutions where Pokémon fuse with their trainers, like Ash and Greninja do in the anime. And Smashified shows us how Sceptile would look in Super Smash Bros. Awesome artwork from them, as usual, so check that out if you're interested. So this marks the end of the lightning round, but before we go, I want to make two quick announcements. One is Barry Herbers at Gamnesia wrote a great article about the price of a game in relation to its content, exploring how Fire Emblem Fates was split up into three games for the Western release. Check that out if you're interested. And we are giving away one of those limited edition Pokemon 20th Anniversary 3DS bundles, so uh, check out at the Gamnesia on Twitter to see how you can enter, get a free, awesome 3DS. But alright, this marks the end of Nintendo Week for today. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or subscribe to us on YouTube at Gamnesia TV for bite-sized discussions from the show. And please head to iTunes to leave us a review. We're really working hard to make this show great for you guys, so those iTunes reviews really mean a lot. They also help a lot of listeners discover the show, so if you haven't done that, please do. We haven't been getting that many lately, so very sad. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. Um, if you have feedback for Nintendo Week, please send it to colinagamnesia.com, or you can find me on Twitter at Colin McIsaac. That's C-O-L-I-N at G-A-M-N-E-S-I-A, or at Colin McIsaac, C-O-L-I-N-M-C-I-S-A-A-C. And remember to send in your questions about Nintendo, about our show. We love engaging with you guys, and we read them and talk about them here on the show. In our Mystery House segment, we're going to have a big one when we come back towards the end of March, so it's a great way to get involved. Again, that's Colin at Gamnesia.com and at Colin McIsaac. And Alex, where can they find you? You can also find me on Twitter at Legend of Lex. Yes. So if you can't wait till next week for more of our stuff, you can head to Gamnesia.com to see more gaming news as it happens. Sony, Microsoft, Indie, you name it. And if you can believe it, even Nintendo news that we didn't have the time to discuss on this week's show. On our way out, uh, I actually don't know what we're going to play for break music or for outro music, but it'll be good. So enjoy it. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you have another great week. I love having multiple partners.